Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, November 25th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. No John DeShazer with me today for this Monday edition, coming off of a big Saints win over the Carolina Panthers, 34-31 to yesterday at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But I do have an extra special guest for you today, 10-year NFL linebacker and Saints Super Bowl champion, Scott Shanley. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's always good when the Saints get that victory. It was a hard-fought victory, but a W is a W. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw this, but on Twitter last night, there was a couple that proposed in the stands uh, following the win, and all I could think of was, oh, my gosh, that guy's poor mental state during that entire drive back from the Panthers. He was probably shaking in his boots because what happens if you plan to propose on a Saints victory? And God forbid if the Saints would have dropped the ball on that one, that would have been not the best day for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's hindsight being twenty twenty, it all worked out. It was a, a great moment that all that uh that culminated in a winning field goal. And I'm sure the guy thought at fourteen nothing early in the game he's right. like, Oh man, this was a great idea and then definitely like you said, things got interesting there throughout that game. Yeah, probably gonna make sure the ring's all good and set to go. <laughs> Scott, uh when I was looking on your Twitter page, I was happy to see the first video that you have pinned on the top of your uh, on your Twitter page was from the the Saints playoffs this past year when they were playing the Eagles and you and John Vilma and Reggie Bush got to lead the who that chant and I couldn't help but see you just kind of going out on the field and as soon as you guys started the chant you were just kind of looking around and taking the moment in and smiling what was that moment for you and how does it feel to kind of be on the field again hearing that who that chant in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome it's a, it's a real special moment and that's the one of the things that that continue to, to bind us guys together not only winning a championship but just the family atmosphere bringing everybody back that the organization continues to do coach Payton does a great job of making us all feel feel like it's still our, our home and yeah. so I think for for us especially me you referencing that video and anytime I get a chance to go back out on the field I make sure I soak it up soak it in I think it's just maturity that at this point in my life I realize how special those moments were you know when you're young and you're playing you kind of take it for granted but being out of the game for for six years and having the opportunity to go back out there and listen to the chant and lead that a special moment that not a lot of guys ever get get a chance to do so I made sure to soak up the moment yeah absolutely well Scott you're a Super Bowl champion and of course you got to witness the Saints defeating the Carolina Panthers yesterday 34 to 31 to advance to 9 and 2 on the season and I was kind of thinking during the game it's funny because when you come into the game you expect you hear time and time again the Saints need to find a new wide receiver some another target for Drew Brees to hit but time and time again it seems like Michael Thomas just finds a way to get open and him and Breeze connected for 10 receptions yesterday for 101 yards for Michael Thomas. How automatic is that connection between Breeze and Thomas? Well, it just continues to be amazing every single week. And, you know, I've been fortunate working for Cox Sports and doing the Saints pregame and postgame. So I've seen the evolution of Michael Thomas um, from his rookie year to where he is now. And in my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I, like a lot of national media members, saying now they say why don't they, why don't teams double team michael thomas why don't they do something to take him out of games and i've reached the point where my response to, to that is hey everybody tried to stop jerry rice they tried to stop randy moss they tried to stop all sorts of great receivers throughout nfl history and and you can't stop great players yeah. and michael thomas no matter what he what teams try to do to him every single week no matter who they put across from him he makes plays and and he's just a great player and he's he's evolved into the best wide receiver in the nfl so consistent and i think uh, you know, when I had the 
fortunate of going to the NFC Championship game and, and having my boys there. And I just told him to watch Michael when he warmed up because he takes every rep so seriously. And that's why he's great. And I think Drew's talked about that in our postgame interview some. Just Michael takes every rep like it's, it means going to the Super Bowl. And that's why he's a great player. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sean Payton actually one time said that in practice he lined up against Michael Thomas, and it was just, like you said, a practice rep. Uh, Coach Payton wasn't thinking anything of it, but of course Michael Thomas was taking it seriously, and Sean Payton said the next day it felt like he was hit by a truck because he got hit so hard when Thomas was making his movement that he was just absolutely shell-shocked, but that's what happens when you take every rep like it's a game rep, and speaking of that, I mean, you've played with Drew Brees. Do you just have that level of keeping a level head when you watch Drew Brees because you have to have confidence in him throughout the entire game because you know what he is capable of. And he just continues to do it. And I think that's the most amazing thing about Drew is is as a player, Father Time catches us all. And and different positions, you know, Father Time catches us earlier depending on how much collision, how much contact we have. But for Drew to continue to do what he's done, his completion percentage just continues to improve. Um, the longer he plays, his knowledge of the game has always been, I think, astronomical and what, and what separates him from other quarterbacks in the NFL, his accuracy, all those things, you just, you don't see those things waning much. And it's just incredible. Um, I think the one thing that, that separates Drew when he's done playing and he sets all these records to me, he goes down as the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's the best leader I've ever been around. I mean, few guys have, are born with the capability when they speak, other grown men just automatically shut their mouths and listen to everything he he has to say. And I think that's one of the qualities that not a lot of people have. Besides being a great quarterback, he is one of the best leaders I've ever seen. Scott, you're one of the few people that can grasp just what DeMario Davis has done for this Saints defense. So can you kind of put into words how much of an impact that bringing in a guy like DeMario Davis has had on this Saints defense? I was hoping we'd get to talk about DeMario because <laughs> I, I I have been so impressed with DeMario. Um, you know, the the Saints, for a few years, they were looking, um, kind of shuttling linebackers in and out, and they, they hit a home run when they signed DeMario in free agency. He's been everything plus some, I think, what they expected to get. He's been a great leader. But to me, the, the evolution of his game since he's been in New Orleans is something incredible. He, he's always been a tackling machine in New York. Um, kind of playing an inside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. Well, now he's playing weak side, playing in more space, but he's been a great coverage linebacker. He's been a great blitzing linebacker. I can, I don't think I can count on more than one hand the amount of tackles I've seen him miss. He, he's, he's just an outstanding linebacker and a guy that I don't think gets enough credit throughout the national media landscape. To me, I think he's one of the one or two of the best 4-3 outside linebackers in the entire NFL, and I hope – you know, obviously the Saints have big hopes of, of being in the Super Bowl, and they're not worried about guys making the Pro Bowl. But this is a guy who deserved to go to the Pro Bowl last year. I hope he gets to go to the Pro Bowl this year because he's been outstanding on and off the field, a great leader in the community as well. Well, you just talked about Drew Brees and how he's one of very few guys that grown men will stop and listen to. But now we've seen Demario Davis enter the kind of pregame routine that Drew Brees has set when he went out to injury. And even when Drew came back, Demario is one of those leaders that is still leading the pregame chant with Drew. And Drew is a guy who follows routine. You know, he he likes his – he's set in his ways. He, he does what he does. But you bring in a guy like Demario Davis, that is a clear leader and a clear guy that people respect on the Saints team. Yeah, I think that's a good example of just how much he's respected throughout the locker room. And when a guy like Drew Brees 
who has been who who made the champ famous. You know, he missed a few weeks for for injury for the first time in his career, but it it was a moment where he said, "Hey, you you did your part while I was out. You deserve the the chance to continue to do this, and guys respect you." So I think that that speaks volumes about what Demario Davis means inside that locker room when he's now a part of the chance that, that Drew kind of made famous and has been a big part of the Saints organization. I'm curious on your thoughts on Marcus Davenport too, because obviously the Saints traded up for him a few years ago or two years ago now in the draft. And last year uh, you wanted to see a little bit more out of Marcus Davenport and pro- he's slowly starting to progress. But yesterday you saw uh, in that special teams coverage, him just completely hurdle a guy out of a three point stance. And it seems like his athleticism, is I don't want to say slept on, but it, it seems to just appear at just the right time. What have you seen out of Marcus Davenport, and is this a guy that you've seen progress more and more game after game? Well, I think I think you hit the the, the nail on the head with the word athleticism. Marcus, I mean, he was drafted because you can't teach height, weight, and speed, and he right. has all three of those things. You know, those type of qualities are hard to find. It's hard to find big men who are that explosive and that athletic. And there's no doubt about it. When, when he was drafted, a lot of people considered it maybe a reach, but he was raw. He played at a smaller school. He, he takes smaller school guys maybe three, maybe four years to adapt to the NFL, playing against that type of competition week in and week out. I think he's got a great role model in his room every single day with watching um, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan was, was kind of in the same role that Marcus was in. Maybe started off his career, his first couple of years were a little bit slow, but then now he's emerged as one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So I, I definitely think the future is bright for Marcus because of his athletic ability. A lot of things that maybe have kept him back were, are some um, injuries. He's had a lot of just injuries that have kind of reduced maybe some playing time, but there's no doubt about it. When he's healthy and you watch his explosiveness and his ability to lean and get around tackles and, and affect quarterbacks with just his length and his reach, he can be an outstanding defensive end in the NFL. Well, we know this this win last night was or yesterday was a big uh, implication for the NFC South in that picture. Now the Saints have to go on Thursday and take care of business against the Atlanta Falcons to advance in the NFC South picture. But you know, you you never won back to back straight NFC South divisional titles, but the Saints are looking to do it for the third straight year. What does that mean for the Saints locker room and Sean Payton and all of the Saints and how they've been able to build this team and uh, sustain the success that they have? I just think that their ability to draft well and they hit on free agents, and that has been the difference in, in, in being able to lock down the NFC South. Everybody is looking up trying to chase the Saints because of, how well the Saints have drafted. You have teams trying to counteract that through their own drafts. And, um, you know, Atlanta has a lot of talent, but they, they just have not played well ever since they, they lost the Super Bowl to New England. Tampa Bay is trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Carolina now is trying to figure out their situation. I think the Saints have had stability. They've drafted well. They had a good young core, um, a good, good nucleus to build off of. And I give this, this team credit. They're young, but not many teams could overcome losing the way they did the last couple of years in the playoffs and not have any hangovers. Mm. And for them to be able to do that, I think, I think it speaks volumes about this team's mental toughness. Yeah. And speaking of mental toughness, a big mental battle going into this week. You have a short week going into this Thursday game on Thanksgiving. You know, you heard Drew Brees talk about it yesterday. When you think of Thanksgiving, you think of football, you think of Turkey. Uh, And now you have four days to prepare for the Atlanta Falcons. And obviously that that loss a few weeks ago is kind of some extra momentum going into this game. But as a a former 
former football player. How do you prepare for a short week? How do you prepare to play five games in or two games in a matter of five days? It, it's extremely difficult, and there's not a player uh, around the NFL that that I think would say they love playing Thursday night games. The only advantage to playing a Thursday night game is you get a mini buy, and you get a few days after that yeah. to to get a break. But your body. Uh, especially the older you get in the NFL, the hardest thing I always tell people, it's a young man's game because the older you get, the longer it takes your body to recover. I can remember at 25, I was ready to play another game on on Wednesday or Thursday. At 32, my body was still sore on Friday night and Mm -hmm. Saturday going to the the next week. So the recovery part is hard. Um, These guys are going to be banged up. They're going to be hurting. They're going to be sore Thursday night. But I think the other thing that gets overlooked is you have to cram. It's almost like cramming for a, for an ACT or SAT. You have a lot of information you yeah. have to get absorbed. But the good thing here is it's a familiar opponent, an opponent that you shouldn't have lost to, so they'll be motivated and ready to go Thursday night. Absolutely, Scott. Well, we look forward to it. Do you have any exciting Thanksgiving Day plans that you can share with us? Are you going to make the trip to Atlanta or are you going to stay here? I will actually be in New Orleans. We're going to do our um, Cox Sports pregame and postgame show. Um, so I'll be I'll be I'll be uh, doing what I love best, watching the Saints win uh, at Atlanta. Hopefully, are you going to eat on Thanksgiving Day, or are you going to wait until the day after to kind of get all of the the feels of Thanksgiving and the meals? Yeah, since I have to travel, we're going to push our Thanksgiving back to Friday. And nice. uh, my, my Nebraska Cornhuskers play the Iowa Hawkeyes, so we'll have our Thanksgiving a day late. But it'll be good, and the next day we'll watch some LSU football. So a lot of football this week. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'll be on that postgame uh, struggle with you on Thanksgiving night. So we'll have some fun with it, and hopefully we're talking about a Saints victory. Scott, I appreciate Scott, I appreciate you coming on the show. Be sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Shanley. It's a great follow, and uh, of course, always adding some insight on the Huskers and the Saints. Scott, we appreciate you joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Scott for joining me on the show today. Today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. It's so simple. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. Guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Scott Shanley and a quick recap of the game yesterday. As you know, the Saints defeating the Carolina Panthers 34-31 to at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Well, it's a short week, as I mentioned earlier. The Saints will take on the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday for the Thanksgiving night game. We'll have all of your information on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app along with a pregame show uh, stats on the website and a postgame show after the game on Thanksgiving night but we do have one more show for you on Wednesday so make sure you're updating your iTunes and Saints app we can't wait to show you what we've got in store for Wednesday all right that'll do it for today's show thanks for joining us and see you later this week